What's up, fight fans? Welcome to Full Press MMA. It's Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm Jim Grease, G-R-I-E-S, at Jim Grease underscore, at Cageside Grease on social media. And this is everything you need. All the news, all the notes, all the hot topics, and all the hot takes to be the smartest MMA fan in the room. So anytime you talk about the sport we know and love the most, they shut that door and it's go time. You are ready to get your hand raised and maybe eventually you can become a champion. It's Full Press MMA. It's Greece. It's Tuesday. It's Valentine's Day. Let's roll. And of course, the theme of the day, shot by Cupid's arrow. Love is in the air, except Islam Mahachev not getting any love from the voters for the rankings. That's right, in spite of his win by unanimous decision over Alexander Volkanovsky to defend the lightweight belt, and he thought become number one in the pound-for-pound -pound rankings. Eh, eh, not happening for Islam Mahachev. Volkanovsky with a great performance in that fight. The voters deciding that it is enough to keep him at the top of the rankings. Islam is number two. Leon Edwards, three. Kamaru Usman, four. Man, Israel Adesanya, number five. Pajeda, number six. Sterling, Oliveira, Moreno, and then John Jones moving up one into the top ten. Yuri Prohoshka drops down one to number 11. And this is really something because, look, when you're thinking about the rankings, and these just came out, this was a fight that was billed as the lightweight title on one side versus the pound-for-pound pound on the other side. So now that the pound-for-pound pound hasn't changed, what do I smell? Rematch! Let's go. Meanwhile, there's still a little bit of controversy surrounding Islam Mahachev after the weigh-ins and supposed use of an IV. They're looking for a nurse. More on that in a minute. But here's what Alexander Volkanovsky thinks in retrospect, telling the MMA Hour, quote, if he was just a featherweight in my division, I'd squash him. I squash him. And it's a walk in the park. And no offense to him, that's legit. I could make this a walk in the park right now. We fight again and we do this rematch, which we talked about. I talked about. Islam talked about. UFC's talking about it. Everyone else is talking about it. I think we can make it happen. I don't need him to be a featherweight. He can be a welterweight. He can go fight wherever he wants. He can get as big as he wants with IVs or whatever he does. It doesn't matter. Watch what happens next time. Man, I love Alexander Volkanovsky. That was an incredible fight, by the way. Whether you had it for Volk, whether you had it for Islam, you have to admit those two guys showed up and showed out. But Volkanovsky feeling like the rematch would go a lot differently against Islam Mahachev. Meanwhile, when you're talking about the UFC official rankings, right, it's a weekly vote by a panel of combat sports media members listed on UFC.com, typically used to promote high-level fights, right? I mean, like it was Islam against Volkanovski, but they did really go to great lengths to sell that whole pound-for-pound -pound thing, and it really is just kind of a mythical thing. It's just voted on, you know, and people are just really pissed about the voting, and it's interesting. So you think about the people who make up the rankings panel, you would think you'd see the bigger names in MMA media among the participants, but no. Instead, you'll find obscure outlets like Cherokee Scout and Top Turtle Podcast, among others. Check this out. Cohen Honolulu, MMA Oddsbreaker, CFMU 93.3. I mean, I could just keep on going. I don't even know any of these. MMA Weekly is up there, and we have one. Of course, we did 900,000 views over the weekend. Thank you for that. But it just really begs the question, what are these rankings all about anyway? I mean, I think they have to redo and update these rankings and the people who are voting because things are coming out on social media, people writing, hey, I don't even have a vote, so we'll see. 
And that's a really ugly thing for the UFC right now. They need to get that right. And by the way, Islam Makhachev, not the only one disappointed with the rankings coming out today. How about what they did to Max Holloway? And you're looking at the pound for pounds. I mean, it doesn't even take into account head-to-head and who beat who. I mean, you have people behind people who they have beaten very recently. And it just, again, you can't put too much into it. But if you're Islam Makhachev, you're pissed today. And if you're Max Holloway, you're pretty pissed too. He drops the spot. Now falls behind Yair Rodriguez, the interim champion at featherweight in the rankings, in spite of the fact that he beat Yair. Max did just last year and beat him pretty convincingly, although it was a unanimous decision win. It was a close fight. It was a good fight, but it was a convincing win for Max Holloway, a legend in the sport. There's no reason or no way on God's green earth he should be ranked behind Yair Rodriguez, but that's what happens when you have an interim title fight. And the UFC, like we said before, uses these rankings to promote fights more than anything else. And just a quick story to wrap it up from UFC 284. Islam Mahachev, his manager now says Dan Hooker's IV claim is complete BS. If you haven't heard this story since the fight ended, and there's been a lot of drama with this, with Dan Hooker, and he just put out dumb C-word, thinks he can fly to Australia, hire a nurse to give him an IV, and we won't find out, cheating dog. Adding, quote, he doesn't cheat, he doesn't win in a follow-up tweet. And of course, when he was asked about that later to directly explain his allegations, he clarified his message, posting simply that Islam is a cheat. The lightweight champ didn't respond himself, but his manager, Isvan Magomedov, did, saying, quote, we all know this is completely BS. The guy is a loser. He's salty and just looking for attention, and that's it. Speaking of hooker, it used to be very common post-weigh-ins. Therapeutic IV use was banned by the UFC with the USADA partnership. Fighters used to use it with a little bit of saline solution to speed up the rehydration process after brutal weight cuts, but now it's illegal. But some fighters are saying that treatment is available for UFC fighters if you can get clearance first. For USADA's part, the drug testing organization states that, quote, all intravenous IV infusions and or injections of more than a total of 100 milliliters per 12-hour period are prohibited at all times, except for those legitimately received in the course of hospital treatments, surgical procedures, clinical diagnostic investigations, and blah, 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 therapeutic use exemption, blah, 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 blah. By all appearances, Makhachev could very well have hired a licensed medical pro who then approved the use of that, and we will see how this story plays out. Dan Hooker, right after the fight, came out with that. Investigation still going on. We'll keep you posted here on Full Press MMA. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Moving on with all your news, notes, hot topics, and hot takes in the UFC and MMA world on your Tuesday, Valentine's Day. I'm Jim Grease, G-R-I-E-S, at Jim Grease underscore, at Cageside Grease on social media. Of course, this is Full Press MMA. Feeling great lately with so many big fight announcements. The UFC releasing a teaser video, a promo video for Jon Jones' return today. More on that in a second with Conor McGregor coming back too. Which one are you more excited about? Which comeback, Conor McGregor or John Jones? Which one's meant more to the sport? Jones the goat, McGregor the cash cow. You got the goat and the cow. Which one is it? But you got both of them coming back. Which one are you more excited about? Let me know in a DM on social media, at Jim Grease underscore G-R-I-E-S. As for Conor McGregor, 
He's very excited about the Michael Chandler fight. His first comments since the announcement was made saying, quote, I feel energetic. I feel ready. McGregor, of course, set to coach opposite Chandler on the Ultimate Fighter 31. It's going to be on ESPN Network TV this summer, and then they are going to fight probably in the fall. McGregor telling the Daily Mirror, I'm looking forward to it. I feel ready. You know, I'm throwing up my high kicks faster than I'm throwing out my jab, so I'm very excited to get back. He's 34. He's going to be in Las Vegas this week. He has been sidelined since that broken leg and that second of back-to-back losses to Dustin Poirier at International Fight Week in 2021. Of course, he's coached on tough before against Uriah Favor in 2013. A location for the Chandler fight, TBD, but Dana White floating out some potential venues. Madison Square Garden, T-Mobile Arena, maybe Allegiant Stadium as well in Vegas, or the Dallas Cowboys home in Texas, AT&T Stadium. Chandler's 36. He gets a chance to have that red panty night, that red panty summer, fight the biggest draw in the history of the sport, saying, quote, if you look at the numbers, I think 2 million buys, it's not just a possibility. I think it's very achievable and very attainable, telling the MMA Hour, it's hard for me to toot my own horn, but I think what I've created is a level of intrigue and mystique that when I show up, yeah, 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 blah, 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 no. They care about Conor McGregor. Yes, the fans love Chandler. Yes, he's a three-time Bellator champ. Yes, he's fought the big names in the division. Yes, they love his style. But no, they're not watching for him. They're watching for Conor. You get the red panty night, like Khabib did, like Diaz did, like Poirier did. Sell a lot of hot sauce. Take advantage of it, Mike. Take advantage of it. It's red panty night for you, my brother. It's set to begin later this month. A cast of lightweights and bantamweights vying to be on McGregor's and Chandler's teams. Conor McGregor coming back this year, and so is Johnny Bones, the GOAT. John Jones coming back to take on Cyril Gaon for the vacant heavyweight championship. Moving up to try to see if he can get that second belt to become the double champ at light heavyweight and heavyweight Randy Couture. And his rival, Daniel Cormier, have done both. So, you know, DC kind of hoping Jones doesn't do it because that'll be something he has over him in his career. But just weeks away from the return of John Jones, less than three weeks away. How will Jones perform at heavyweight after such a long layoff, almost three years off? And, of course, the co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso will be featured in that video and on that fight card as well. Again, that's the question, fight fans. Which comeback are you looking forward to more? The return of John Bones Jones, the GOAT, undefeated, minus that stupid Matt Hamill thing. Three generations of light heavyweights cleaned out. The legends, the Machidas, the Shoguns, the Rampages and Rashads, the Contemporaries, the DCs, the Gustafsons, and those guys, the Rumbles. And then that next generation, Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes. Now the next frontier for John Jones, Heavyweight, a chance to put that strap around his waist on March 4th in Las Vegas. Or Conor McGregor, the double champ. And he is coming back too. Very excited about him. The all-time great draw. The cash cow coming back this year. John Jones and Conor McGregor. Which one are you more excited about? Let me know on the DMs on social media. Rolling on with Full Press MMA on your Tuesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Mateus Gamrot stepping in to replace Dan Hooker and fight Jalen Turner at UFC 285. It was looking like a really good matchup there. Of course, John Jones, Cyril Gaon, Shevchenko, and Alexa Grasso on that card. Jeff Neal and Shavkat Rachmanov. And of course, Hooker and Turner would have been throwing down, but Gamrot is stepping in for Hooker to take on number 10, Turner. Gamrot, of course, number seven, just fought against Benil Dariush, who beat him with a torn MCL, and Dariush, one of the top fighters in that division. 
Gamrot obviously wants to work his way back up in the rankings. Great opportunity for Turner, too. Still a name guy, not quite as big as Hooker, but a good fight against Gamrot, and one that if he wins, he's going to move up a couple spots. Gamrot looking to hold steady at number seven, maybe even move up a couple, but it'll be a fun fight nonetheless at UFC 285 on March 4th. Another fight announcement, Matt Brown, the Immortal, announces his return against Court McGee at a UFC fight card coming up on May 13th. How about that? He's going to look to tie the record for most knockouts in UFC history with Derek Lewis, Matt Brown, when he clashes against Court McGee, fellow welterweight veteran. These guys have been around a long time, officially announcing the matchup on a new episode of The Fighter and The Writer. Saying, quote, coming back, I'm going to smash some faces. Court, he's a great guy. I've hung out with him before. Great competitor. We both have similar backgrounds in some respects. We both overdosed. He's really embraced that. So I've got a lot of respect for the guy, but I'm ready to go in there and smash his effing face in with my elbow. He's got 12 knockouts already on his resume. He's 42 years old. Fight of the night in his last time out against Brian Barbarena this past May. Didn't necessarily intend on being out 14 months, but that's how things played out before he is able to compete again. Matt Brown and Court McGee, May 13th. And real quick, want to let you know that Eric Gonzalez and Trevor Peak have been matched up for UFC Fight Night 220. Gonzalez 14-7, 0-2 in the UFC. Peak 7-0 will now fight February 25th at the Apex in Las Vegas. Gonzalez's original opponent, Darius Flowers. Peak's original opponent, Alex Reyes, no longer on the card. Gonzalez is 31, seeking his first UFC victory after losses against Jim Miller and Terrence McKinney. Peak is 28. It's his UFC debut. Beat Malik Lewis on Dana White's Contender Series to earn a spot in the UFC. Of course, that is the Ryan Spann Nikita Krelov card coming up at the Apex on February 25th. Wrapping it up on Full Press MMA on your Tuesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there, whether you're shot by Cupid Zero or not. Hope you have a good day. I'm Jim Grease, G-R-I-E-S, at Jim Grease underscore, and at Cageside Grease on social media here with Full Press MMA. All the news, notes, hot topics, hot takes you need to be the best and smartest UFC and MMA fan in any room. And you don't have to be that smart to understand what I'm worried about here for Diego Sanchez getting into a bare-knuckle fight this month in Albuquerque, his hometown, against former boxing champ Austin Trout. And for Sanchez, set to make his BKFC debut at Knuckle Mania 3 against the former WBA light middleweight champion who has fought Canelo Alvarez and the Charlo Twins. Yeah, Diego Sanchez is... I don't even want to think about what could happen to him in this fight. But he says, quote, the opponent didn't really matter to me. I was probably looking to fight at 175. What matters is mostly BKFC and the star name of the cell. I was looking for the biggest name that would sell the most because I'm here to help and bless and bring numbers and bring my fan base, and I needed a good name. So here's Austin Trout, who is a boxing world champion and has the highest credentials possible in the striking department so that this is the type of opponent I was looking to face. Sanchez, of course, telling Trout not to overlook him. Sanchez has been studying Trout, thinks he's going to surprise many people, saying, quote, I'm a little surprised, but I'm happy he's doing it because he wants to be great, and I have nothing but respect for those thoughts and actions. I feel like I have the better line of experience going to BKFC, where you can actively fight in the clinch and you are fighting with a smaller circumference of a fist. I think he is overconfident. I think he overlooked me watching my striking and my MMA fights, but he is so confident. He thinks no MMA fighter can hang with him with his hands. He thinks he is Floyd Mayweather, but you are not Floyd Mayweather. You are Austin Trout. You are not the guy who beat Canelo. You are the guy who got beat by Canelo. You are not who you think you are, and you are in for a rude awakening. Diego Sanchez against the boxing champion in bare knuckle. I, I can't even.
Finally, Tommy Fury says he'll retire if he loses to Jake Paul. The younger brother of heavyweight legend Tyson Fury and reality star on British TV, Tommy Fury, has consistently been all over Jake Paul. And look, he said he's never faced a real boxer, talking crap from day one, the backstage altercations. Of course, the long-awaited boxing match between Jake Paul and Tommy Fury is right around the corner on February 26th. Tyson Fury's younger brother is set for the end of the month, but Tommy Fury talking to TalkSport Drive saying again what he has been for quite some time. He's going to knock Paul out in the ring. However, if he does end up losing, the gloves might not go back on. Quote, yes, 100%, definitely, he said when asked if he would retire if he loses to Paul, who's undefeated in six fights. If I can't beat Jake Paul, I don't belong in the ring. Fury is also undefeated in his career. Four fights by knockout, four by a decision. His confidence is high, though. Doesn't think Jake Paul is going to be able to land a clean punch on him. Quote, if he caught me, I'd probably just laugh, to be honest, because I've been used to being hit by heavyweights and Olympic gold medalists, world champions, and whatever. So Jake Paul, a little kid from Disney, what's he going to do? TNT didn't stop there, saying, quote, there's nothing that Jake Paul does inside that ring that has got me worried. He throws a wild overhand right like any guy from the pub would do. He's blown out of his ass after three rounds. There's not a lot he does. He doesn't have a high work rate. He is what he is. And yeah, I believe he is that delusional to believe he's going to beat me. And all that talk from both sides, of course, going to be put to, to test later this month. The Furies have said Tommy's out of the family with a loss. Both guys are going to make a bunch of money. Tommy Fury and Jake Paul right around the corner. That's all there is, fight fans. There is no more. Full press MMA on your Tuesday. Happy Valentine's Day. Have fun. Enjoy one another. Enjoy yourself if that's the case. Be safe and keep coming back for more Full Press MMA. I'm Jim Grease, G-R-I-E-S, at Jim Grease underscore, at Cageside Grease on social media, reminding you to keep your game tight and your mind right, fight fans. I'm out. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.